Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God has something good for us today. Amen. I came expecting. Did you come expecting today? Always come to church expecting to hear from the Lord and get an answer. Amen. Every service. Every service. Because if you don't, you'll walk away with nothing. How many people come to church and they leave the same? Why? Because they didn't put a demand um, on God. They didn't put a demand on their faith. Amen. And so we're putting a demand on the Lord this morning, but with our faith, believing that we're going to come out different today. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning. We just lift you up. We magnify you this morning. May you get all the glory and all the honor, Father. I thank you for answers this morning. I thank you that you're our help in a time of need. And I thank you, Father, your will be done in this service. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say amen. Hallelujah. This morning, we're going to... uh, I'm going to minister on, on healing, but really on divine health. Um, how many of you know God has promised us divine health? Amen. And so he wants us to live long. He wants us to live strong. Amen. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. Amen. Let's open up our Bibles to Psalms chapter 91. Hallelujah. So we had worship. Now we're going to have the word. And I love what one minister, one minister said. And after, we're going to have the works. Amen? So we're going to have time for the Holy Ghost this morning to move. Amen? And do what he wants to do. Hallelujah. You know, his word is life and health to all of our flesh. His word is life. His word is life. His word is life. It, it causes the dead things to come to life. Amen? And so I value my word. My word, my Bible. I value it. It's precious to me. It's precious to me. Amen. Let's hold up our Bibles if you have it or your device. Say, this is my Bible. I am what God says I am. I can do what he said I can do. Today I'm being taught the word of God. Come on. My mind is renewed. My heart is receptive. I'll never leave the same in Jesus' name. Psalms 91 verse 16 Praise the Lord. Let's actually start in verse uh, 14. Psalm 91, verse 14. Praise the Lord. Says this, Because he has set his love upon me, so, so uh, because we have set our love upon the Lord, therefore will I deliver him. God's saying, I'll deliver you. I'll set you on high because you know my name. He shall call upon me and I'll answer him. Come on. It's what Pastor Marcus was talking about earlier. When you knock on that door, it'll open. When you ask, you'll receive. He said right here, when you call upon me, what, he'll, what will he do? He'll answer you. Amen. I'll be with you in trouble. I'll deliver you and honor you. Now, this is the verse I want you to see. With long life, with long life, with a long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. God's provision God's promise is for a short life. It's for a long life. Now, when God says long, guess what? It's long. You know, we read in the Bible, Methuselah lived to 969 years. Can you imagine? Hey, I got to say this. This has just been, you know, I, let me just, little side note here. You know, I, I watch a lot of um, my um, Pastor Nancy and, 
Brother Hagen Copeland I watch on YouTube. So I turned on my YouTube to watch one of them this week, and this man came on, and it was an ad. I want you to be careful. I, I, I need to put this out there. Uh, just came in my spirit. And he was talking about, I don't even remember, uh, Moses or Abraham. And he was saying how, you know, it seemed like a religious, like a good thing, commercial. And he was going to teach a class on the Old Testament or something. But he said, you know, we have to look at these scriptures. They're poetry. Oh, it caught me right off. It's poetry. What he was saying, he went on to say some other things, is what we're reading isn't actually what we think we're reading. You know, what you're reading is, it's not, um, what's the word? It's not a... Yes, it's figurative. Thank you. So really be careful nowadays. And, And I told Pastor Marcus, it's interesting because I came across this a few weeks ago when I went, I went to the hairdresser. And she's young, and she's so sweet. But she was telling me how, you know, there's, there's uh, different translations. And basically what we're reading in the scripture isn't really what we're reading. Because they didn't know how to translate it right. So I'm seeing this trend. I'm seeing this trend, and their young, young people are picking on it. Listen, when it says in the Bible, I promise you a long life, he's talking a long life. When it says Methuselah, Methuselah lived 969 years, that's not figurative. He lived 969 years. Okay? So just be really be aware of that. Have your spiritual antenna up because the Bible is God's word. It's Jesus speaking to us. Okay? Amen? So just preface it with that. But Psalm 91, 16, With long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. Amen? That word salvation isn't just, Oh, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm saved from hell. That word salvation means deliverance from danger. It's preservation. God will preserve you. Amen. He'll restore you. Healing is part of salvation. Wholeness and soundness. Amen. So when he says, I'm going to give you a long life, he says, it's a long life. It's a long life. So you should never expect for your life to be cut short when you're living for God and doing the word. I don't care if you had my uncle, you know, my uncle died of a heart attack when he was 45. And my, my grandpa died when a, he was a heart, of a heart attack when he was 45. And everybody in our family, no one lives past 45. Well, we know what you say is what you get. Pastor's been preaching on that. If you're saying it, you're going to get it. But see, you can look at what the family, your family uh, genealogy is, or you can look at, you know what, I'm hooked up now with the family of faith, with what does the word say. He said, I'm going to satisfy you with a long life. I don't care if every single member of your family died when they were 45. Not you. you. You've got to open up your mouth and say, not me. I'm living a long life. Amen. Praise the Lord. And he delivers us. He delivers us from those, those uh, symptoms, that, that line that, that says, oh, yeah, you know, they had cancer, I had cancer, and, you know, and everybody had cancer. You know, when you go into the doctor and they say, all right, you have to fill out that form. I'm like, nope, 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 not in my line because I've got a new DNA. I'm under a new bloodline. It's the bloodline of Jesus. There's no sickness. There's no uh, disease in the bloodline of my family. There's no sickness or disease in the bloodline of your family if you've asked Jesus into your life. Amen? Now let's turn to, we're just going to look at scriptures this morning, quite a few. Psalms 107 verse, I'm sorry, Psalm 105 verse 37. Let's turn there. 
And I want you to see, as I was mentioning, that you know people look at their family line instead of looking at what does the word say. And so, because, you know, they had it, then I'm going to have it. Or my children are going to have it. You have to stand up in faith and say, it stops here. It's not going to continue down this line. Right? You stop it. Psalms 105, verse 37. He brought them out with silver and gold. There's none feeble among his tribes. When Jesus, when God brought out the Israelites, there was none feeble. There was none that were weak. Well, look at what they were before. They were slaves. They were, they were beaten. They had high expectations. They worked day and night. And the Bible says when God brought them out, there was not any feeble among them. Amen. Amen. So when you're brought out of darkness into light, when you've been brought out of the kingdom of... How many of you have been delivered from the kingdom of the devil? Me, kingdom of darkness, been delivered. Hallelujah. Never going back. There ain't nothing for me there, Jack. As my dad would say, there ain't nothing for me there. There's nothing in that old life that you want. I'm telling you, your flesh may want it, but your spirit's like, no, no, don't go back, right? God's like, no, don't go back to that. And he brought you out. You became born again, amen? And there's none feeble. So we shouldn't have, I say, the river church, there's none feeble among us. There's none that are weak among us. These are provisions by the Lord. Amen. Now, how long is a long life? Turn to Genesis chapter 6. How long is a long life? Genesis chapter 6. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to look in your Bible, so I asked Joel to take that down. If I go to the Amplified, we'll pull it up. But it's good for you to see it in your Bible. It's good for you to turn in your Bible. You know, I told the story of a man that had been going to church, and he was believing God for healing. Well, he went 19 days. On the 20th day, he decided to take his Bible, and that day he was healed. Well, what happened? He started looking at the Scriptures himself. The words are life and health to all your flesh. Amen. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. The Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall be... Are you ready? How long are we supposed to live? His days shall be... What? Say a little bit louder. You need to tell the devil. 120, devil. 120 is how long I'm supposed to live. Now, you may not want to live that long, and that's okay. You may hit 9,500 go, I'm done. I want to go home, Jesus. I'm ready. I'm ready, right? Yes, but this is a promise that if you want it, you can take it. I know Brother Copeland said the Lord told him, I want you to live to 120. So he picked up on that mandate. That was a command, a mandate from the Lord for him to live 120. It's a promise, right? So that means middle age is what? What's half a hundred? I'm a teacher now. What's half of 106, 120? 60. So middle age is 60, right? So it's not time to slow down. It's not time to let up. It's not time. Well, you know, I, I think it's time to, you know, uh, God doesn't have anything new for me. I'm 60. I'm 70. Listen, Moses was given an assignment do you know what, how old he was when he took the children to the promised land? Anybody know? 80. How'd you like to be sitting? You're in church, you're serving the Lord, and God says, hey, you're 80 years old. I'm giving you a new assignment. 
Now, you should see your faces. Some of you are like, 80? 80. God gave him a new assignment at the age of 80. So you could be 50, 60. You could be 20. God gives you a new assignment at age 90. But he was 80 years old when he took the children led them out of Egypt, out of bondage, into, uh, out, out into the wilderness. Amen? So, see, you, we can't look at the, what the world says. Because, you know, they're 80. They're like, 80? Oh, you should be living in a nursing home or a, you know, retirement home. No, no. I'm going to live in my home as long as I want to live in my home. Take care of myself. I'm going to have a sound mind and a whole body. I'm talking divine health this morning. Living a long life. The enemy would try and cut your life short. He tries to influence us with the things that the world, the way they think. We don't think how the world thinks. We think how God thinks, what our Bible says. So Genesis 6, 3, 120. Amen. Now, I'm going to give you just a couple of natural examples. There was an artist. Her name was Grandma Moses. I had to look her up. Have you heard of her? <laughs> One of her paintings sold for $1.2 million. Okay, so she's like in her 70s. I think she was 76. And um, she used to, uh, what is that? Uh, oh, not a, crochet, embroider. And she got, I know these people aren't Christians. Okay, I'm just giving you an example yeah. that I know of. So she started crocheting, you know, she was like 76, but she couldn't do it anymore because her hands hurt. So she decided, her, her sister said, why don't you paint instead? That way, you know. So she started painting at the age of 76. Painting at the age of 76. Okay. She lived, I think she lived about 100 and almost 100, over 100, I think. But her, so she started painting. Um, her works were spotted by an art collector who bought all her paintings, displayed them at the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. By the time of her death, her paintings hung in museums all over the world. She started at 76. I read one of her paintings sold for $1.2 million. Not bad for starting a new assignment at the age of 76. See, it's never too late. So you can't look at age. When God gives you an assignment, you pick it up and you take it. Amen. Praise the Lord. James Parkinson's. How many of you heard of the, you know, Parkinson's disease? Praise the Lord. We're delivered from that. But at the age of 62, he identified it. He was in his 60s. Amen. What about Colonel Sanders? How many of you like KFC? Come on, baby. <laughs> Tom's like, yeah, give me those mashed potatoes and gravy. Biscuits. Those biscuits. Okay, get your mind off of that. Come on. We're not eating right now. Okay. How old was he? He was in his 60s. When uh, in his 60s, when he started his store, come on. So you may think, I'm 40, I'm too old. You're never too old to do what God's called you to do. Amen. He may give you an idea. He, I don't care if you're 90. Yeah. Come on. It's never too late. We're not moved by time or by age because yeah. God promises us a long life. So in his 60s, he, he, he had his first store. And once it was developed and growing, he decided 70. I'm selling it, and he lived comfortably the rest of his life. But see, God gave him an idea. I believe it was a God idea because I like KFC, so hey, I don't know. All right? So now the oldest person to ever live was um, a woman from France, and she lived to 122 years. 122 years and 164 days to be exact. The oldest man to live was from Japan. He lived 116 years. Wow. And the oldest person living now is um, a woman in Japan. She's 119. 
So we see that these people are living right around there to about 120. Isn't that awesome? I love it. Now let's turn to Deuteronomy 34, verse 7. Let's look at the Bible. What, how, how long did the people in the Bible live? Amen? Now we know that they lived, uh, especially in the beginning, you know, 900 years, 800, 700. And then we get to Moses here. Deuteronomy 34, verse 7. Deuteronomy 34, verse 7. So Moses started his assignment from God when he was 80. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 34, 7 says, Moses was 120 years old when he died. Now I want you to notice this. His eyesight never became poor. I'm reading this out of God's word. And he never lost his physical strength. The Bible says that Moses went up to the mountain. God showed him the promised land. And then Moses died and God buried him. 120. Does it say that he died of sickness? No, he did not. How are we going to die? You don't have to die from sickness. You can close your eyes and say, I'm going home now. That's the way it's supposed to be. Amen. I'm just showing you some scriptures here. Let's turn to Genesis 47, verse 28. We're talking about living a long life, a long, strong life. Amen. His eyes were never, his, he had good eyesight. It says that his, his eyes never became dim. That means he didn't eat glasses. Hallelujah. Come on. I love Brother Copeland. He's like, I don't even dye my hair. It's still black. I'm like, look at that man, black hair, and he's 85. Praise the Lord. Oh, maybe he does dye his hair now. I don't know, but I remember him Back saying that. Amen. Genesis 47, verse 28. Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years, so the length of Jacob's life was 147 years. Now, look at Genesis 49. Genesis chapter 49, verse 33. We're talking about how he died. Genesis 49, verse 33. Are you there? Say amen when you get there. Genesis 49, 33. When, now, this is how we are to go. This is how we are to go when we are ready. When Jacob had finished commanding his sons, so he talked to his sons, he blessed them all, right? So when you're ready to go, you're like, family, everybody, come here. Let me bless you all. Let me talk to you. It's been a good life. God's been good and faithful to us. Let me bless you. And then it says, he drew his feet up into the bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. There's no sickness. There's no disease. He just drew his feet up. All right, I'm going to to Jesus now. Amen? Going to the Father God. All right, let's look at Job. Job 42, verse 16. How many of you are going to live long? You're going to live strong. Come on. Don't ever let the enemy put a picture of you dying early. Oh, no, not me. 120 is promised to me according to Genesis 6. 120 years, devil. You're not taking anything from me. You're not taking any of my years with my family, any of my years of serving God. I've still got to. You, you each have a mandate from God on your lives to do something here on earth. It's your job to discover what he has for you. It's your job. Don't get distracted 
by symptoms, disease, sickness. No, God has me on this earth for a reason. He has you on this earth for a reason. There's something for you to do. And the devil would try and take you out early. The devil. Not God. God doesn't take life. God doesn't take life. Job 42, verse 16. After this, Job lived 140 years. Now, this is one of my favorite parts right here. He saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. I love that. I say, thank you, Father. I'm going to see my children and my grandchildren for four generations. And I imagine myself sitting on my, I don't have a porch, but I imagine myself sitting on a porch in a rocker. <laughs> Somewhere out and I don't know where. <laughs> I'm going to see my, and here they all come. My, I see my children with their children. Now, my kids aren't even married, okay? I'm using my imagination here. you got to use what the imagination God gave you. This is how you meditate on the word. You see yourself old. You see older. You see yourself seeing your children and your children's children and your children's children's children up to four generations. You're like, whoa, Lord, that's a, that's a lot of kids right there, right? And I love this part. Job died old and full of days. Full of days. Old. He was old and full of days. That means his days, they were full. He was strong. It doesn't say he died from sickness or disease. Amen. Hallelujah. I love it. So we can live long or strong or we can cut our life short. So I just showed you some verses of how God has promised us a long life. So you can live up to 120 if you want to. Amen. And now I'm going to go over some ways. How do we live long? Are you ready? Number one, this is going to shock you all. Watch your tongue. Number one, if you want to live long, watch your tongue. Watch what you're saying. Amen. Joel 3.10 says, let the weak say, I'm strong. What are you talking over your body? Are you talking about the symptoms? Are you talking about what the doctor said? Are you talking about my old knees? My head always hurts. I've got migraines. Oh, man, I can feel. I don't know. Is this arthritis coming? Is this what arthritis is? I don't know. And you start Googling it on your device. What are you doing? You're feeding on death. There is no sickness in heaven. There is no arthritis in heaven. There is no cancer in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. Jesus said, when you pray, say, Lord, Father God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's healing and health in heaven. Amen. They're they're whole. They don't even need to believe God for healing. They're up there. They're whole. Amen. So what are you talking about? You talk strength. You say, I'm strong. When you're weak. It says right here in Joel 3.10, let the weak say, I am strong. So when you're feeling weak, what are we supposed to say? I'm strong in the Lord. I'm strong in the Lord in the power of his might. I'm strong, hallelujah. I'm going to live a long life. You put his words in your mouth. You keep your tongue right. Amen. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Praise the Lord. And we've been, pastor's been ministering on the words of your mouth, the power of words. If you haven't heard those messages, go back on the podcast and listen because there is life or there is death in your tongue. That's not something we made up. That's in the Bible. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Amen. So the words you speak are important. And it says right here in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. 
Say amen when you get there. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. Now I want you to notice the part, he who would love life and see good days. So you can live long, possibly, and maybe not have good days. Your quality of life depends on the words that are coming out of your mouth. People can live long, but they're, they're always talking about their aches and pains and their, you know, uh, you know, their arthritis and, oh, I can't sleep at night and I don't sleep good. And, um, you know, I can't even honestly think of the, the, oh, I'm getting older now, losing some of my memory. I don't remember like I used to. What are you doing? You're talking death. It says, let him refrain his tongue from evil if you want to see good days. If you want to see good days, what's evil? Talking doubt and unbelief is evil. Anything, talking bad about yourself, talking bad about your body, that's evil. Why? It doesn't line up with what God says about you. God says you're healed. He says you're strong. He says for you to say, let the weak say I'm strong. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you know, I'm over the hill. You know, they have those, I remember balloons. You know, they're all black. I don't know if they still do that. Oh, 40 and over the hill. Are you over the hill? Is that what you're saying about yourself? Hey, how old was uh, Joshua when he, he, the Bible says, was it Joshua, Caleb, that he was just as strong? He was just as strong when he was, I think, 80 as he was when he was 40. Something, don't quote me on that, but something to that effect. I have to look up the reference. But he was just as strong. Amen. So we should expect our bodies to get better, our minds to get better, our brain to get better. Amen. Not get worse with age. No, we get better with age. We look better with age. Come on. We feel better with age. We can do more as we get older. We go into new seasons, we can do more. Come on, hallelujah. So talking evil is talking doubt and unbelief. So he says, refrain your tongue from evil, amen. Come on, well, you know, everything's going to pot. Everything's just going. My body's just going. Well, if you're saying that, it's going to go downhill. Your words are directing the course of your life, and it affects your body, Amen. And then it says, and your lips from speaking deceit. So you've got to make sure your tongue is speaking life, but you're not speaking deceit either. What is deceit? Intentionally misleading other people. Not telling the truth. Falsehoods. Lying. Trickery. um, Two-faced. Two-faced. You know, that's deceit. Insincere, Pastor Marcus mentioned being sincere. That's deceit. You're not being honest. Amen. So if we want to have good days, living long, we want to keep our tongue, watch our tongue, make sure there's no deceit, make sure we're always up front. We're honest. I said we're up front. We're honest. We keep our word. Amen. Our word is our bond. You can count on Pastor Molino. I tell you something, it's the truth and it's no lie. I'm going to be just like Jesus. I tell the truth and it's no lie. When the Holy Spirit tells us to do something, we know it's the truth. It's no lie. I can count on him. 
right? That's how you want to be. We want to have that reputation. If they told me something, it's the truth and it's no lie. Amen. And then it says, let him turn away from evil and do good. Come on, let him seek peace and pursue it. If you want to have good days, we have to pursue peace. That means we're keeping our tongue from saying the wrong things. Proverbs says, the, those who keep their tongue keep their life. Those who watch over their tongue, you're watching over your life. Amen. If you, if you just spill out any words you want, any time you want, whatever's on your mind, then you're not watching the words of your mouth. And when you're a peacemaker, you're, you're going to pursue peace. That means you've got to go after peace. It won't just, oh, I'm automatically a peacemaker. You've got to go after peace. Amen. When, when your spouse says something and you want to come back, well, wait a minute now here. You know, you're like, hold on a second now. Hold on now. Wait, that's not how it happened. Let me tell, you know, let me show, let me tell you how it really happened. What's happening? You're all of a sudden strife. You're allowing that, the spirit of contention in spirit of contention. Strife will rob you. It'll rob your body of peace. It'll rob you of your finances. You'll always have to pay for strife. So he says, pursue peace. Walk as one with your spouse. Make sure there's love in your family. There's unity in your family. Amen. Walk together as one. Don't be the person that's always contentious. You've always got to come back with something. Yeah, but, yeah, but no, 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 no. Well, yeah, but no, 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 no. Like you always have to come back with something. You always have to have the last word, you know. Come on. You always got to be right. Uh-oh. <laughs> I always got to be right. You don't know. That's wrong. You know, we don't have to be that way. Amen. The Bible says how good, how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So we're talking about living a long life, strong. We've got to pursue peace. We have to be aware. This is something I got to go after. Yeah. I'm not automatically just going to be a peaceful person. I've got to pursue it. I live in a world where it's not peaceful. Right. People around me, you turn on these. Back in my day, we didn't have reality TV. No. Okay. So when it first came on, I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, you just kind of look like, wow, like you just can't believe that they're fighting and what they're fighting over. Are they pulling each other's hair? Oh my God, you know, and you see the cattiness and all that, you know, I don't watch those, but I just remember back in the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening? There's contention. They're not pursuing peace. They're, they're being fleshy. They want, they want what they want when they want it. They want to say whatever they want to say, do whatever they want to do. That's not being a peacemaker. Amen. So we got to be careful because just the world, because the world says what's on their mind. Doesn't mean that if we have a thought, we need to say it. We have to control our tongue. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Psalms 103. Hallelujah. So we watch our tongue. We speak strength. Amen. We don't talk disease and we're honest. We're, uh, you can count on our word. Amen. We don't talk doubt and unbelief. Hallelujah. We're pursuing peace. Psalm 103 verse 3 says this. Psalm 103, verse 3. He forgives all of our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Listen to this. He satisfies my mouth with good things. What kind of things are supposed to be in your mouth? Good things. Good words. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. God will renew your youth. Renew our youth if we'll have good things in our mouth. That means we're not talking ill about other people. We're not talking bad about somebody. We're not judging them. We stay. I love what our our spiritual father used to say, Dr. Dufresne, you stay on the mercy side. And when people come and say, hey, so what do you think about that? What do you think about them? I heard this. 
He said, I have no opinion on the matter. I have no opinion on the matter. I'm not going to get involved in gossip. I'm not going to get involved in judging others because what I sow will come back to me. What we sow will come back to us. So when your mind starts going off on somebody, be careful because pretty soon it'll drop in your heart and they'll come out of your mouth. And once you shoot an arrow, you can't pull it back. You know, they used to have that old saying, uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, that is so not true because words do hurt. They're powerful. They can go to someone's heart. They can cause them to think wrong about themselves or and the devil will take those words and he'll use them like pastor's been talking about. So we're not judging other people. If someone has to, well, you know, come up to you. What do you think about so-and-so? I don't think nothing. I have no opinion on the matter. I have no opinion. It's none of my business. You can go talk to them. I'm not getting involved in speaking ill of others, speaking ill of leaders, speaking ill of our, our president. Doesn't mean I agree with everything. I'm, I can pray. I'm not speaking ill. Speaking ill over our, uh, my pastor. Amen. Other ministers. Very, very. Be careful. The Bible says don't touch God's anointed. It means you don't touch another minister. They're anointed by God. They could be in a different flow. They could be from a different denomination. I don't touch them if they're a pastor, an evangelist, any of the fivefold. I honor them and love them. I don't care if they believe. They may not even believe the saying. Most don't, that God wants to heal you every time. But that's okay. I honor them for the office they stand in. Amen. So we show honor. Hallelujah. Praise God. He's faithful. So number one, watch your tongue. Number two, are you ready for this one? If you want to live long, you have to be a fighter. Can't be a whiny baby. Did you hear what I said? Are you listening to me? You got to be a fighter. And I'm not talking about fighting in the flesh. You got to be a fighter if you want to live a long life. Amen. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 6. What's number two? You gotta say it like you mean it. What's number two? Be a fighter. You've gotta be a fighter if you wanna live a long life. You can't be a whiny baby. Oh, I don't know how I'm gonna make it. I don't know what's gonna happen. No, you gotta be a fighter. In the spirit realm, you're taking things. That's how you get things in the natural. I don't care if you're believing God for finances, a house, your body, your children. you got to be a fighter. You don't lay down and give up, church. We don't lay down and give up. What you give up, the devil will just take. He'll take whatever you you lay down. He's going to come in there and take it all. He's not taking my family. He's not taking my marriage. He's not taking my health. You've got to stand up and be like, aren't you afraid the devil's going to hear you? Yeah, I want him to hear me. (laughs) He should be so afraid of us when we wake up every day. We're like, oh, I don't want to get out of bed another day. It's Monday. I got the Monday blues, you know, whatever people say. Uh, no, let me, let me get up. Hallelujah. Another day. Praise the Lord. And maybe you're not like all, huh, when you wake up. You know, maybe you're just like, thank you, Jesus. You know, but hey, you're still putting his word in your mouth. Amen. And you're not crying. 1 Timothy 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. 1 Timothy 6, 12. Do I have the right verse? Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. 
God wants you to be a fighter. You've got now the victory is already yours. You're an overcomer, but you've got to lay hold of that victory. Devil's not going to let you have it. He's not going to let you have the business you want to have. He's not going to let you have that house that's in your heart. You got to be a fighter. You got to go after it. He's not going to let you have the career, the job that you want. How did you get where you are now? God brought you there, but you had to get up and cooperate with it. I got to lay hold of some things. I got to go apply for the job. I got to go apply for the business license. I had to do some things. You got to do things to, to get to what God has for you. It's not just laying on my couch going, oh, thank you, Jesus, I'm healed. No, what are you doing? You're opening up your word. You're feeding on the scriptures that promise you a long life. You're not on the computer looking up, what are the symptoms of COVID? Right? Well, you got to be feeding on the right stuff, feeding on the word. Amen. For whatever that you're believing God for. You're fighting the good fight of faith. We've already won. You're already the healed. We're already the prosperous. We're already the blessed. Come on, the blessing of the Lord is upon his people. Right. Do you know what that entails? I, I was looking up. I'm telling you, there's so much to the blessing when we're obedient to the Lord. We cooperate with him. That blessing is on our lives. You know, bless coming in, bless going out. Come on, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. Everywhere we go, we're blessed. Your body is blessed. That means your body is blessed. The fruit of your womb is blessed. I'm not having more babies, but some of you that are having babies. Fruit of your womb is blessed. You call your womb blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't roll over and accept the, the verdict from the banker. The verdict from the doctor. You know, that's, their, that's what they, they're doing their best. But God has another verdict. It's in his word. He says, you're the healed. You're delivered. From every evil work. Poverty is an evil work. Not having enough is an evil work. Living in living where you don't want to live and you're like, I'm done here. I, I know God has something better for me. Don't think, oh, I don't know. No, if God's put it in your heart, don't ever let the devil tell you. Listen, I'm going to give you. When we were at Memory Lane, I loved my home on Memory Lane. I even loved the name of the street, Deanna. Memory Lane. I raised my kids on memory lane. And I loved that house. And I could have stayed there. And then Pastor Nancy, she had to go talk about her getting herself a new house. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, huh. And the Lord, like, started stirring something up in me. And I'm like, well, you know. And it's, I don't really need it. See how the devil works. You don't really need that. You're You're fine. Well, what would have happened if the Israelites would have listened to the devil? You don't really need to live. Sure, you're getting beaten. But hey, at least you're getting fed. You have a house, right? I mean, because there's something the devil always tells you, well, at least you have this. At least you have this. But see, God is so much bigger than us. His plan is like, hey, I got more for you. I've got a land flowing with milk and honey. Man, I've got, I may have a, another house for you. So when Pastor Marcus said, I think we're supposed to get into a new, new house, and we were talking about it, I'm like, okay, well, you know, five years later, we got started getting ready in 2013, and I think we moved in at the end of 2017. But it took us five years, 
We started prepping our house, getting it ready. But I was sitting in my home yesterday, and just ministering, talking to the Lord. And I thought, what if I would have said no? What if I would have said, this is good enough? What if you do that with your body? At least I'm still alive. Yeah, I have to do this. Yeah, I got to do that. Can we open up that door, please, or turn off the, the heater? What if we do that with our body? Then what happens? Then we live less than what God has for us. So don't say no to something that God puts in your heart. And you may think, but it's so big. It's such a big vision. It's such a big dream. Go with it. Start taking steps. Amen. To it. Amen. So you have to be a fighter. You don't quit. You don't give up. You don't let the devil talk to your brain and tell you what's going to happen. No, you tell him. You tell the devil what's going to happen. No, I'm the healed. This body has to line up with the word. I don't care. Every damn, listen, every damaged part has to be restored. Amen. Speak to your body. Speak to it. There was something I was dealing with several months back, and I said, no, devil. And, and every time, every day, just kept coming, and I'm like, the power of God's working. Power of God's working. And I'd say, power of God's working. The power of God's working in my body. I I've took my healing. I, I was reading my healing verses, and I said, power of God's working. Power of God's working. And then I started saying, and every damaged part is healed and restored. And it doesn't matter what my body says to me, how it feels, what it looks like. It's like the fig tree that Jesus spoke to. When he spoke to that fig tree, it died at the roots. So when I speak and when you speak the word of God to that sickness and disease, it dies at the root. It has to go. Now, you may not see it right away, but I already know power God's working. Power God's working in my body. It's working. Amen. You don't give up. So you got to be a fighter. Psalm 118.17, you can write this down. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die. No weaklings. No quitters. Come on, we are faith fighters. Faith fighters. The, you got to make the devil so, so afraid of you. He should have never messed with me. That's what you got to do. You got to have that attitude. Not like, oh, oh no, the devil picked on me. No, oh, you should have never touched me. How dare you come in and try to touch my family? Try to touch my body? Try to touch my finances? I'm a tither, devil. The devourer is rebuked. I rebuke you. You better take your hands off of my family. You better take your hands off my body. I declare my tither's rights. Amen. You got rights as a tither. Come on, play the card, baby. Play the card. Don't sit there and tithe and never play the card. That's your right. Good. I'm telling you, it's your right. You've got to play the card. We're believing God for things. I'm a tither. I serve in my local church, devil. I'm gonna, I have this business that God's put in my heart. He's going to show me exactly what to do. I'm blessed. Yes. Amen. Come on. People who are successful are people who don't quit. You can't be a quitter. You can't be a quitter. Come on. Even when people make mistakes or they don't do things right, because we've all made mistakes. Maybe we've, maybe we've messed up. But guess what? Don't quit. Get back up. Get back up, church. Get in your place. Take your place in the body of Christ. Take your place as a child of God. So I'm taking my place. There's an inheritance for me. There's an inheritance for you. Part of that inheritance is divine health. I'm walking it out. I'm living it out. Does it matter what my body says? No, I'm not looking at my body. 
we got to be like Jairus when, when they came and he was with Jesus and they told him, don't trouble Jesus anymore. Your daughter's dead. That's what they told him. Your daughter's dead. Leave Jesus alone. Go home. But what did Jesus do? The Bible says in the Amplified, he overheard what the report was, but he ignored it. And Jesus said, he said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Amen. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of an evil report. Don't be afraid of what's going on in the world today. Don't be afraid of the economy. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. We're not moved by what's going on. We ought to be praying. Praying for God's hand to come in and rescue. Let me just get off here. Rescue the Ukrainians. Rescue them, Lord. There's Christians that are in that nation, Lord. Rescue them. Let's pray. Father, we lift them up right now before you. The, the, the Ukraine, Father, we lift them up, Father. I thank you, Father, for your protection, divine wisdom for their leaders in Jesus' name. We come and we stand with them, Father. I thank you for deliverance, deliverance for that, that nation, that country in Jesus' name. Deliver Ukraine. Deliver your people, Lord. I thank you for divine intervention in that nation in Jesus name we thank you father for it in the name of Jesus when we lift them up we call them blessed we call them a a delivered nation in Jesus name amen and we are a delivered people we've been delivered from sickness death poverty lack amen we're going to close this morning I didn't get to all my notes but that's okay we'll finish it on on Wednesday amen